2023 is the year to be. Let's hear that again. 2023 is the year to be. Awesome. How many of you are feeling anchored already? God gave us a verse, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It'll come on the screen. Shall we read it together? This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Let's read that one more time. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Father, I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that we will go deeper as we continue to meditate on this series, How to Be Anchored, Lord. And God, there is a purpose that you have for us this year. There is something that you are teaching us for our families and us as a church. And individually, I pray that we will receive the word in such a way that, that we will not just be listeners, but we will be doers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anchor by definition, uh, we heard on New Year's night. And for those who missed um, New Year's service, I just want to give you a little recap. Anchor by definition is basically a device that is normally made of a metal used to secure a vessel to the bed of a body of water to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind or current. Uh, it's not that little metal dollar thing that you wear, um, you know, on your on your chains. It's it's quite I know it's quite normal and famous for people to get this anchor symbol. Right? And, and it's quite meaningful for many people and they find it really um, a, a connection to it. So you see that as part of fashion, you see that uh, printed on t-shirts, you see that made out of necklaces. Um, I'll stop there. Um, but there is so much more deeper meaning um, for anchor in the Bible. If you see before Jesus started preaching, and you might have not thought about this, but before Jesus started preaching and his first teaching uh, time, he, he meets Peter. The boat was on the shore, but he, he asked uh, Peter to bring, take the boat a little bit more inside the water and anchor it. And then he starts speaking the word to people. Scholars say one of the symbolical meanings of, of anchor in the Bible is that God's word is rooted in God himself. Let me say that again. God's word is rooted in God himself. He is the anchor and he is our boat. You get it? He is our anchor and he is our boat. Oftentimes we compare the boat to our life. Of course, your life is your boat. But then the beauty of the Christian life is your life is not just yours. Your life is in Christ Jesus. Which means that there is no separate thing as you and God. We are in this together. That's why Jesus says, Christ in me. You know, Paul says, Christ in me is the hope of glory. Which means that we are embedded with God. You know, we see in John, you know, uh, 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 we talk about, you know, Jesus being the true vine. And God says, remain in me as I remain in you. 
So us being an anchor or being anchored, it's not an external factor, but it's an internal decision and an internal promise. Amen? So when you talk about being anchored, let us not think about the external factors that influence our life. Let's start with what are the things that is anchoring us internally in our heart. If you look at this verse, it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It does not talk about our bodies, but our soul, our mind. You know, so God wants to anchor us first here. Not just with external things, but first deeply rooted in our hearts. The verse starts with this word, this. Everybody say this. This. Now say this what? What is this this that the Bible is talking about? So let's rewind a little bit. Whenever you find this, that, or then, it's best to read at least six verses before so that you really understand what is this hope that God is talking about. Let's read from verse 13. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond your number. Then Abraham waited patiently. Hmm, did he? It says Abraham waited patiently. Hmm, did he? Okay. And he received what God has promised. Did he receive what God had promised? But was he a perfect man when he was waiting? But did that change the future of Abraham? Oh, that in itself will preach. Think about that for a moment. But I was not going to preach on that anyway. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. This is why you see in the court, they give a Bible and say, I take an oath because the Bible, God's word is greater than any human word there, right? So God, now he's saying, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise, who is that those? Who's the those? Those who receive the promise, turn to the person next to you and look at them and tell them, it's you. Smile, it's you. It's you, can you just smile, it's you. It's you, the one that received the promise. Can you say that? It's you, the one that received the promise. You can say it like a rap also. It's you, the one that received the promise. Okay. Who could be, received the promise, could be perfectly sure. Look at them and tell them, can you be perfectly sure that God will never change his mind? You and I, we change our mind. But God never changes his mind. That's the hope. So when you read in verse 19, when it talks about this hope, where do we get this hope from? We get this hope because it says those who receive the promise, which is you and I, will, can be, you know, 
perfectly sure, all right, not confusingly sure, not like I don't know where my life is going sure, perfectly sure that God will never change his mind. You know what we most worry about? That God will change his mind on you. You know why we, what we most fear about? Is that when you drift away, when you pull away from the anchor that God has given you, when, when sometimes you make bad decisions and, and then, and then uh, you know, uh, uh, you kind of like go through that phase of like, oh my goodness, why did I do this? And then throughout that phase and it takes you so long to come out of it because you are scared that now God has changed, you know, his mind about you. People will. But God never did. You know why? Because he already knew that you're going to go through that phase. You're going to go through that path. He already knows the good decisions that you will make, the bad decisions that you make. And he's already said, my grace is sufficient for you. When you're up and chirpy and ready to, you know, do everything, go to college, go to work, ready to, you know, cook, and you are like all excited and you're ready to worship God, His grace is sufficient for you. But when you want to pull over that bed sheet and don't want to come out till 11 a.m., still God's grace is sufficient for you. And the reason is, God knows your life, God knows your moods, God knows your swings, God knows the things that you're doubting and God knows the things that you're struggling with, God knows your expectations, God knows your prayers, God knows your thoughts, God knows everything and it is impossible for him to change his mind because if he had to change his mind, you and I would never be born in the first place. He should not have given us this gift of life because he would have changed his mind long time ago and there will never be that song long time ago in Bethlehem the holy Bible says that song will not be there because he would have changed his mind and he could have wiped us out he doesn't need to give us a second chance he doesn't have to send his son he doesn't have to go on the cross but he's a just God He's a God of his word. He has taken an oath upon himself and he made sure that you and I are redeemed in our life. That's the hope we are anchored in. Somebody say amen. amen. That's the hope we are anchored in. So this hope is not just any hope. It's not that pity hope. You know people talk, you know, you know the pity hope people give? Just stay hopeful. What do you know about that Nambike? When the water comes into your boat, you want somebody also to say, Nambike, stay hopeful. God is not giving pity hope for us. When you give hope to others, don't give like your emotional, you know, inside, your power, poor thing. Only God can do something. I don't know if God will do something for them, but let me not tell them that. 
See, we cannot be fed or feed faith into somebody else based on our emotional um, quotient or knowledge. When you give hope, you got to anchor somebody in hope. You got to root them in hope. You got to make them unshakable in hope. Because the hope that you and I have received is a hope that anchor us, which is heavy. It, is, it will not move us. It will not shake us. It will not drift us away because of the storms of this life. So don't share hope doubtfully or pitiful hopes. But give a hope that is anchored in Christ Jesus and say boldly, using the name of Jesus, tell people, I have received a hope in the name of Jesus and that name can give you the same hope. Remain hopeful. Give a confident hope. Give a hope hug. Squeeze them. Not to kill them, but to love them. Anchor them. Root them. Love them. Cherish them. Celebrate them. They might even be against you. They might even talk bad about you. But you anchor them because what you have in your life is heavy. The anointing is heavy. The blessing is heavy. I'm not talking about the cash that falls into your bank account. I am talking about a blessing that is beyond the provisions of the earth, but greater and supernatural. The life, the word that he has spoken into your heart, that's the blessing. What you carry is the word in you. And that gives life. It gives meaning to people. It gives hope to people. So be anchored in that hope. Romans 4, 18, it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Why did Abraham have no reason to hope? He was not young and free. He was old and not free. <laughs> and he wanted the blessing of a child, a blessing of generations, and, and, and by fact, it's not possible. By science, it's impossible. But then God, his oath and his promise goes beyond time, space, reason, understanding, logic. Those things are not a threshold for God. And he goes ahead and blesses Abraham, kept hoping, he kept believing that he would become the father of many nations for God had said to him that's how many descendants you will have. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning on how to anchor your faith. Abraham kept hoping. Abraham kept believing. But we read this in Romans 4.18 but when you read Genesis Genesis is like the present tense of Abraham. When you read about Abraham in Romans, it's like the legacy of Abraham. You, you're with me? In Romans, it's the legacy of the father of faith. In Genesis, it's the father of faith. So when you go back and read, Abraham waited patiently. Oh, he did not wait patiently. He made a mistake. He made a mistake. He went ahead 
thinking that God has forgotten about the promise, thinking that he had to take matter in his own hands. He went ahead and did a mistake. But did God fix that? He fixed that. Did God change his mind about him? He did not. Did God fulfill his promise? He did. So how do you keep anchoring your faith? How do you keep believing? How do you keep hoping? Because this hope is not a worldly hope. This is a biblical hope. This is not a hope that other people give you or other people promise you. This is a biblical hope which is much deeper. It's permanent. It has no expiry date. And you and I can believe in this hope and God will never change his mind about it. Let, let me take you, take you to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. Perf, uh, uh, Peter is a perfect example of this. From verse 22 it says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side to the lake while he sent the people home. This is after a miracle. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Verse 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Anybody fighting heavy waves? Heavy waves, yeah? All right. And three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified because they did not recognize it was Jesus. Like you can, you can see Jesus, but if you see him through the storms, you will think that there is no hope for you, even when Jesus stands right in front of you. They cried out. They redefined Jesus here. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Many times God is right there in the middle of a storm, but we think it's the devil. We think it's the devil because we think that if God was in it, the storm shouldn't have happened in the first place. And because we are anchored in that thought process, we are not ready to see the supernatural hand of God in the storm. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Verse 28. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. He's Peter, you know, trying to get a proof of checking if this is really Jesus. And, and the, the great thing that he's doing is he's like, okay, if you can walk on water and if you're really Jesus, I should be able to walk to you. So God, tell me to come to you walking on water. And Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Now tell me, whose idea was this in the first place for Peter to walk on water? Whose idea was this? All right. Now let's read verse 30 again, yeah? I think many of us can relate to this. He saw the strong wind and the waves. And then he was terrified. And he began to sink. Now, 
he is worshiping the lord now he is praying hey now he is coming to heart and soul save me lord for i am sinking save me lord he shouted jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him you have so little faith and jesus said why did you doubt me how to anchor your faith number 1 don't focus on the facts focus on jesus very simple if you focus on the fact of the matter the fact of the matter is you're not supposed to walk on water that's the fact of the matter the fact of the matter is jesus should not be standing on water at 3 a.m what is he doing on water at 3 a.m i just went for a walk like there are so many places you can walk jesus but i know that this is going to happen tonight god could have been anywhere anytime but at he finds himself with you and i how beautiful is that think about that for a moment god can be anywhere at any time but yet he always finds himself amongst you and i and it's so beautiful to see jesus being there the fact of the matter is he's not supposed to be there the fact of the matter is when the storm hits these people are supposed to scream and yell and shout and doubt god and all that but at the same time god is sending a word saying yes come come and peter finds a supernatural experience in the middle of a chaos thank god for your storms because in your storms you will find something supernatural thank god for your problems thank god for your for your for your waves and the and the big terrifying situations because in that you will find something supernatural to experience that not everybody can get because the other disciples would have thought and looked at peter what a dumb fellow he must have gone to king city leadership college but yet here he is taking a step of faith and starting to walk on water that's what kclcns does this is how i walk on water no and he takes a step of faith but he started sinking because his faith turned into a fear you see we have a great promise from god right but behind every great promise there is a process there is a promise but there is also a process turn to the person sitting next to you look at them and tell them there is a prop process to the promise don't skip the process he is only giving you the promise but you got to live the process because there is a process to the promise don't skip it don't skip it and it is that moment that peter started truly getting anchored in his faith maybe he got all excited when he saw jesus walking on water and maybe we all had that exciting moment when we received one breakthrough from god 
one miracle from god one supernatural encounter from god one revival meeting and 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 you got like so close to god but then you started sinking because you couldn't experience that over and over again because your monday did not carry that over your wednesdays did not carry that over your fridays could not process that and maybe you had a bereavement in your life maybe you lost someone maybe there was a sickness maybe somebody spoke something against you and and so many things stole you away from that divine encounter you had with god but that's a process because in the midst of it you got to keep anchoring your faith don't focus on the facts because if you keep focusing on the facts because when 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 peter stepped out of the boat he only spoke to jesus and he heard jesus say come it was not even jesus's idea in the first place it was his idea but jesus knows that he does not have enough faith to do what it takes but when jesus saw peter he did not see him as just a guy who's going to walk on water and sink but he saw him as an apostle who's going to build his church one day for peter it was just a one stepping stone one step out of the boat at that moment but jesus saw it is not a fisherman it's an apostle he's not just a guy but a man of god so you might take some steps of faith in your innocence with a little faith and that's enough says god mine is sufficient for you you just have little i will fill the rest says god that's the process that's how you get started in anchoring your faith just a little bit a faith that is size of a mustard seed if i hold the mustard seed you can't even see it now it might be invisible to the people it might be invisible to your family but you know that little faith that you have in your heart about god and how you love god and i am telling you all it takes is that faith that faith that faith and with that faith god sees you as an apostle god sees you as a prophet to the nations god sees you as an evangelist god sees you as a great and mighty man of god and woman of god who's ready to raise up and do greater things and influence this world into goodness and mercy and grace for his glory and for his sake god can do that through your life peter did not have enough faith when he stepped out of the boat and god knows and he knew that he was going to sink but Jesus also knew it's better for Peter to be in the storm than to be in the boat because Jesus was on the storm so he held him point number 2 as you want to get anchor in your faith remain in hope and not in fear fear does not let you see god when the when the when the disciples were terrified they called Jesus as ghost fear will reshape things fear will confuse god's word in your mind fear will turn hope into uh, um you know into a sorrowful thing fear will turn opportunities into a place of hiding and 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 and, and uh, you know uh, depression 
But what God gives you is hope and not fear. Fear will blur your vision of who God is. God has not changed his mind and God has not changed himself. So fear not. When you don't fear, you will overcome your doubts. That's what Jesus said after picking up Peter. He said, oh, you little faith. Why did you doubt me? If you want to anchor your faith, overcome your doubts. And let me tell you something, church, and I want you to write this down if you can, or just remember it. Never let the presence of a storm doubt you the presence of God in your life. Never let the presence of a storm doubt you the presence of God in your life. Never let the presence of a storm, presence of a crisis, presence of a disease, presence of debt, presence of, of, of enemies, presence of people who are against you and not for you. Never let any of those presence doubt you the presence of God that is anchoring you. God's presence has not moved. God's presence has not left you. Never let the presence of a storm doubt you the presence of God. You will see God better when you overcome your doubt. You will live in clarity and not in confusion. You will live in peace because your faith is anchored in Christ Jesus. Can you all stand together? This is how we anchor our faith. We don't focus on our facts. We will remain in hope and not in fear. And we will overcome our doubts because we will never let the presence of a storm doubt the presence of God.